This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Thursday, June 8, 2023. June 8, wow. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm here today to help you become a better investor. As I am here every day, I or Justin. Uh, Justin's on a little break here, uh, on a little vacation, and he will be back soon. Um, I I, I try to make you a better investor by, by answering your questions, by, by giving you data and some perspective. And this, this data and the perspective I've developed over many, many, many years. What? Uh, I think my first stock I bought when I was 21, uh, and that's, you know, close to 40-something years ago. Pretty long time ago. So that's when I first started. So hopefully I've got enough experience and then managing funds for the last 20-something years for individuals. Uh, Hopefully I have enough knowledge and experience to share with you to make you a better investor. Okay, and that's what we're here for. But you get to set the table. You get to drive the the narrative. Whatever direction you want to go, as long as it's financial, I'll go with you. That's where we're going. But we do that by phone calls. You call and ask questions. We here on Invest Talk, we have no hidden agenda. I don't have anything to hide from anybody. I don't have to kowtow to anybody or any business. I'm totally independent, and I will give you unbiased guidance. So this is what we do. We also encourage you, you know, some of the rules that we have established, some of the guidelines we have established are pretty uh, pretty pretty definite and can be followed. One is don't chase headlines. Don't chase performance. That doesn't mean you don't buy stocks that have done very well. It means don't buy them because they've done very well, and that's your reason to buy them. That's not, that won't work. You buy them because they have great fundamentals. They deserve to be going up, and they have great fundamentals looking forward. But that's one of the things. You ignore your emotions. Ignore your fear and greed. Greed is you buy stocks because they're going up, and that's your reason for buying stocks. That's not a reason, or it is a reason. It's just a foolish reason. And you don't let fear because the stock has fallen. I want to get out. I want to get out of the market. It scares me. Don't. That should not. That should not. If that is controlling your decision market, decision making, then you get out of the market and you stay out of the market. Because you're letting fear control your decisions, and you will lose money if you do that. Anyways. So I'm ready to take your questions. You can call them right now. Our number never changes. The Invest Talk phone lines are always open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. My focus point today looks at the question, is more big consolidation likely, and would that be bad? I love when they use bank consolidation instead of banks are in trouble and other banks have to buy them. That's what that's really what they're saying when they say, "Oh, we're having bank consolidation." 
Treasury Secretary Yellen says she expects bank consolidation and issues in the commercial real estate sector. Man, is she late to the game or what? Right? <laughs> really? You think we have issues? Do you think? What's taking you so long to come out with that publicly? What's what? Come on. Time permitting, I got other topics too, of course. Fannie Mae, uh, housing index falls. Did you know that? Talk about that. And I want to talk about Stanley Druckenmiller. You know, he runs one of the largest hedge funds, or did. I think he recently retired. I want to talk about what he just recently talked about. And batteries for electric vehicles. I want to discuss that. Especially, um, you know, who's doing what? Where are they made? We're talking about lithium batteries. So not solid-state batteries, which is the future, but lithium batteries, which is the now and for the foreseeable future at this point. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. We've got lots of stuff to talk about, everybody. We've got, we got to get to it. 888-99 charter is the number. The market was up today. Dow was up 169. The NASDAQ up 134. And the S&P was up 26. So that's what the market did today. What do you, would you like to talk about? We're going to go talk to Jason in Illinois. Hi, Jason. Hi. I was calling today. I was going to see if you thought, uh, I've been looking at Norwegian Cruise Lines, and I was wondering if you think it's a good time to buy or if it's something I should just sit back and look at and put in my watch list. Okay. Um, I think it might be time to start thinking about cruise lines. I do. Operates a cruise line service. This is Norwegian Cruise Line, everybody. Symbol is N-C-L-H. Uh, operates a cruise line service in North America, Europe, Central and South America, and the Caribbean. It's a $7.1 billion company. And, you know, they had COVID killed them, right? Just killed all, all, uh, uh, Entertainment, restaurants, uh, air, airlines, uh, anything to do with vacationing, cruise, everything. Just killed them, right? Well, this year, they're finally going to come out and make some money. 78 cents a share. And next year, it's going to be $1.54. And their sales have increased. Four quarters ago, sales increased a thousand, more than 1,000%. Then 955%, then 212%, the most recent quarter, 249%. We're talking about sales increase to $1.8 billion in the most recent quarter. So they're on the men. Financially, they're on the men. They still have a large amount of debt, which is the biggest worry. But I, I think, I think, I think that I think the 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 disasters behind them. I think they have a bright future, and it's only a sixteen dollars and eighty four cent stock, so it's selling at eleven twelve PE. Looking forward, I think it might be the time to buy them. Okay, right. Jason, good luck Thank with it. You. Hope it works. Thank you for the call. Anyways, we are going to take a quick break. Please remember that you can call anytime and leave your questions on Invest Talk Voice Bank or if you're listening via live stream or on AM 1220 radio in San Francisco Bay Area, you can call now, 888-99-CHART. When listener questions are played on the Invest Talk podcast, how do you guys determine a value stock? The caller voices are amplified many thousands of times. Just wanted to get your opinion on J. 
JP Morgan and BAC. How do you see this uh, looking forward? I'm 25 years old and have a question about retirement funds. And the unbiased answers from Justin Klein. That's why it's trading so cheap, because there's a lot of regulatory risk. And Steve Peasley. I, I kind of like it here. If I was going to buy Tyson food, this is where I'd buy it. Benefit the entire Invest Talk community. Thank you for what you guys do. That's why 24-7, rain or shine, no matter how simple or how complex, your questions make a difference. Symbol BKE, what's your outlook? And Invest Talk is made better by the power of you. So don't forget to call 888-99-CHART. building your financial future, but you must have finance and investment questions. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley are ready to provide their unbiased answers. So don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, how are you doing? My name is Mike. I'm from Ohio. I've been listening for uh, some time. I appreciate everything you guys do. First off, thank you for the program. I had a, just a, maybe an oversimplified question here, but I have heard it said that the Fed raises rates only so that they can lower rates and vice versa. So they raise rates to lower them, and then they lower rates to raise them, et cetera. It's all a balancing act that's all meant to drive uh, the monetary policy you know, surrounding inflation uh, controls and all of that. And I've also heard it stated that uh, the reason that inflation has gotten so out of control is because the Fed also artificially suppressed or held the interest rates at, at a very low or zero rate for, for so long. And so I guess my question boils down to this. If the Fed raising rates is what they've done to, to kind of rein in inflation, and that seems to be working based on the lowering prices, and they are now thinking about backing off of uh, doing further rate hikes, am I wrong to think that it would be a good idea to just hold them where they're at and not pivot to immediately cutting them? I mean, what, why would they raise them only to stop raising them just to, to cut them? What am I missing here? Thanks. The, the thing that you're missing, but in a sense you are correct, the Fed raises rates only to lower them later. What you're missing is, is what are the reasons they're doing it? The reasons they raise rates is to slow down the economy. And the reason why they want to slow down the economy is they think that that would reduce inflation. Well, why would it reduce inflation? Because everybody get there's a lot of millions of people out of work, don't have money to buy things. And all of a sudden, corporate America can't raise their prices anymore because they're trying to get sales. And to do so, they they got to kind of either keep the price of their things at where they are or lower them. So in a sense, the Fed raises rates and lowers rates because they want to. But there's always that underlying reason, and that is they're trying to control inflation. So they've been raising rates to slow the economy because when the economy gets hot, usually inflation gets out of control. Well, but that's not the only reason inflation gets out of control because the economy gets hot. Inflation also gets out of control because of government overspending or printing too much money. The more money they print the less value it has. Let me see if I can give you a good 
uh, example. Think about this. If you have a million dollars and things cost a million dollars and that's what you live by, then next year you have two million dollars. Does that make the first million that you had worth less money? In other words, does inflation take it? What if you had $10 million? What if you could print all the money you wanted? And you said, gee, I think I'm going to print $100 million. You know, and you started with one. Wouldn't that make the money worth less? Because the cost of goods to make the things you buy, they don't go up that fast. They might go up fast because they think, well, gee, the money, you know, I'm going to raise prices because you've got plenty of money. I'm going to keep raising prices. That's what inflation does. Okay? So if you print too much money and put it in the system, it makes everything overvalued, raises prices, including the stock market, by the way. Makes everything expensive. That's called inflation. It's inflationary to print money. Those, so that that's what we're dealing with, and the government has printed so much money since COVID alone. They already were printing a bunch of money. Now they printed more. Good question. Thanks for the call, Jason. Carl on Oceanside. How you doing, Carl? Oh, I'm doing okay. You know, I bought Twilio, mm-hmm. and uh, it's going down now. I'm still a little bit able of it. I'm wondering... Is that a good company? Okay, let's take a look. Twilio, symbol of TWLO, everybody. It's $11.5 billion size, so it's a big company out of San Francisco. Provides a cloud-based platform that enables developers to build, scale, and operate real-time communications. So it's a good. It's in a good area. Uh, it sales growth it fell to uh, from twenty the mid twenties to the mid thirties to fifteen percent sales last quarter. So sales have been cut in half in the last year. Uh, earnings are going up. It's going to make a dollar forty three this year and a dollar eighty five next year. But it's also a pretty expensive stock at sixty three dollars. Now, people look back and say, well, how can it be expensive when it was $340 a couple, three years ago? Well, that just means it was very, very expensive a couple, three years ago, and now it's just expensive. Because $1.85 with a 15% growth rate does not equal a $63 stock. It equals more like $45 stock, $50 stock, and it's trading at 63 So... Is it a good company? Yes. It's in a good area of, of the business world? Yes. Management owns 1%. You know, so, yeah, it's a good company. It's just a little expensive. Okay? So it's going to be a wild ride for you, Carl. Thanks for the call. I appreciate okay. it. T-W-L-O is a symbol, everybody. Twilio. 888-99-CHARTERS, our number, 888-992-4278. And we love the live calls. And Jason, Carl, thank you for the calls. We appreciate that. And anybody who's waiting online, thank you for the calls. We will get to you. We always get to you. So give me a call. You will be on before the end of the hour if you call now. 888-99-CHART. Steve Peasley is here and ready to take your calls live. Invest Talk, 
888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, my talking point today, or my focus point today, is more bank consolidation likely, and would that be bad? This is a discussion with Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen at this point. Remember, she was the uh, the Fed chairman at the Federal Reserve before she took this job. Uh, she says, likely smaller banks will consolidate. She uses the word consolidate and instead of the word that it really means, and she's not alone. Uh, all these politicians and and uh, officials and the Fed and the SEC talk about banks consolidating. What they really mean is these banks are in financial trouble, they're going bankrupt, and we need other stronger banks to buy them. That's really what they're saying. Okay, so she's saying, are smaller banks going to consolidate? And she also said she expects there to be issues quotes, be issues in the commercial real estate sector given the changing approach to work. And you've heard me say, and I've pounded the table on this issue, that the smaller and mid-sized banks are the ones that have the commercial real estate loans that are going to be in trouble because of COVID and not going back to work and you know, more office buildings are half empty these days because people are working from home for one reason or another. And, of course, that's going to – and then you got to also remember, you know, these banks, when they loan out these money to commercial real estate – we're talking basically office buildings here, not other type of commercial real estate – but when they loan out that money, they don't give it 30 years. They loan out for five years or uh, five years due in two years or seven years due in five years. In other words, they got to pay it off. Well, what happens, these places have to refinance. And they're going to they finance that 2 and 3 and 4%. Now they're going to have to double that finance cost. And that's where the trouble is going to lie. So you have trillions of dollars coming due over the next couple of years on commercial real estate and banks are going to have to refinance these things, but some of these places are not even going to want to refinance. They're just going to walk from the loan, and the bank's going to take over the real estate. Thus, it's no longer an asset on the books. The liability on the books and these banks are going to be in trouble, financial trouble. That's what she's talking about. And she's said it in nice, kind words and try to make it not look so bad, but it could be bad. It could not be bad, too. I don't know. I'm not an expert on this, but it could be uh, it could be bad. And of course, that could be the catalyst for a recession. Okay, could be. When is that going to come due? In the next year or two or three. Don't. But we don't know. No, you know, I wish I wish I had a crystal ball, but I don't. Well, actually, I do have a crystal ball. I really do. I have one physically. I have a crystal ball, but it doesn't tell me anything. <laughs> it's very silent. <laughs> okay. Anyways, something to think about, people. Now let's take another question. This came in from a listener in Germany. Eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hello, Stephen Justin. This is Paulo from Germany. Um, today I have a question on uh, ticker symbol ABT, Ethernet Inc. The company looks uh, pretty interesting to me. I uh, started a position of like less than a percent uh, in it, and technically it looks like it's uh, 
right before breaking out and um, it's in the semiconductor space and uh, it's uh, compared to the competitors it looks quite cheap so I was thinking of um, getting a little bit more out of the stock and uh, yeah I wanted to have your advice because always helps uh, to listen to you guys and I appreciate all of the, all the work you guys do and uh, thank you so much in advance and uh, yes uh, Steve I also love to hear your opinion thank you so much bye bye was that a dog or was that some kind of defect in the phone line I, I don't know. Anyways, that was very annoying, that noise in the background. Okay, this is Avnet, AVT, distributes ICs, connectors, servers, software, interconnected, passive electronic, mechanical devices, that kind of thing. Makes good money. It's going to make $7.65 this year. That's the most money it's ever made. Next year, not so much. $5.67, down 26%. So... I don't like that. I don't understand why so much this year and why such a fall next year. I would want to know that answer before I would consider this company. It's a four point, almost $4.3 billion company. Uh, it's, it, the, 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 uh, um, book value is only one. I know we don't talk about book value a lot, but this inventory turns over six and a half times. It, it's, it, it does $6.5 billion a quarter, and it's only a $4.2 billion size. So it's very inexpensive, I think. Uh, forward PE is 8. Current PE is 6. Uh, and the five-year PE range is 524. Return equity is 17%. Great cash flow. Pays 2.5% dividend. Mutual funds are kind of just holding on to it, slowly selling it. I, I like the fundamentals of this company. I just don't know why all the all, why it did go from seven sixty five to five sixty seven in a year in profits. That's the only thing I would look into. Debt very low. I like the company. I like it a lot. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this question: A recession may be coming, but some consumers are already feeling pain. Aggregate data for the broader economy shows bifurcation between lower and middle income segments. That's tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, Whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E dot com hacker one dot com you've got finance and investment questions and justin klein and steve peasley are ready with their unbiased answers don't forget to call invest talk 888-99-CHART okay fannie mae's housing index falls it falls again down 1.2 point 1.2 points to 65.6 for May. This is again it's falling. Fannie Mae's housing index. Why? Well, basically because there's very little inventory. Sellers feel better, buyers feel worse. Okay, so it fell because of buyers. <laughs> It's a lack of inventory, so sellers are feeling great that they're getting a good price for the house, but buyers are getting depressed because they can't find any houses. So what what does that mean? Does that mean we're going to have a housing problem down the road? I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think uh, our economic woes is going to be the single-family housing unit area. Okay, banks have been very good about asking for enough down payment. So if the prices go down too far, they have a lot of cushion there. Um, 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 they, they, the, the, the inventory is so short, I think the prices are going to stay relatively high. I don't think they're going to go up anymore. I think the prices are softening, and they have been softening. And I think they will continue to soften. I just don't see a crisis there. The crisis is not there. As I said, it's in the commercial real estate and office buildings. That's where the crisis is, I think. We haven't seen a crisis yet, by the way, there. Uh, I'm anticipating this. We're looking forward to this. And now you're seeing more and more articles coming out saying, yeah, it looks like that's going to be a problem. Well, we've been talking about it for some time now. That's going to be a problem. I think it's going to be a problem for banks, the smaller and mid-sized banks. Anyways. So we'll see. Let's go ahead and pivot to another Investalk Voice Bank question. Hi, Steve. Justin. I'm calling today about Onto Innovation, ticker symbol 
O N T O. It's rallied here lately with the semiconductor and the AI, I believe. It is a small cap stock, which I like. It's done pretty well for me. I was wondering if you could just take a look at it and let me know if you believe it is overvalued, fair valued, um, if you think I should hold on to it, or if I should take my profits. Thank you for your time. Bye. Well, it's selling for a little over 20 forward PE, maybe 25, 27 PE going forward. Makes automated and integrated measurement and inspection systems for semiconductor and flat panel displays onto innovation. It's a mid-cap company at $5.5 billion, so that would be considered mid-cap. Uh, small would be $1 to $2 billion, 5 to Three, three to seven is like mid-cap, and over 10 is large. So, you know, there is no official definition of small, mid, and large cap. There is not. Uh, it's going to make $1.57 next year. It's up 24%, but it's falling. That's earnings, earnings per share. But it's falling earnings per share this year, 33%. Meanwhile, the stock has made new highs at $112.22. So, that's current quarter sales down 17%. Before that, sales were quite strong quarter over quarter quarter. So, they're really having a hard time now, and the stock is still rising. I would be very careful at this. It's getting ahead of itself. Uh, Great return to equity. 18% does not pay a dividend. Uh, Mutual funds have been steady. Uh, 538 funds owned it a year ago, and 535 own it now. So they've been pretty steady. Um, R&D is 11%. Cash flow is very strong at $5.83. And so it's doing well, but sales are starting to fall. And that always makes me very nervous on a stock that's already pretty high-priced. I'd be careful at this stage. I'd be careful. Good company, though. You may have noticed that I like to play listener questions, and two in a row makes my day, everybody. It's a lot of fun. So let's play another question. And this came in earlier from England. Hi, Stephen, Justin. I'm calling from England. Wondered what your thoughts were on Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. It's R for Romeo, E for England, G for Golf, N for November, R-E-G-N. And wondered uh, what a decent entry price would be. Thanks a lot. Bye. Okay, this uh, this is Regeneron Pharmaceuticals out of uh, Terrytown, New York. Develops drugs to treat eye diseases, inflammatory diseases, and cancer. Okay? They're going to make $42.86 this year. That's down about 6%. But they're going to make up make it up next year by going up 6% to $45.50 next year. It's a $750 stock. Okay, so that means the Ford PE is what, 17-ish? Five-year PE range is 7 to 25, so it's kind of on the upper band of the PE range. Turner Equity is very strong at 25%, does not pay a dividend. It's an $82 billion company, so it's huge. Sales are pretty sporadic. They're going to up 7% this most recent quarter, March quarter this year. The last quarter in December was down 31%. The one quarter before that, down 15%. The quarter before that, down 45%. It's a pharmaceutical. You want to look what it has in the pipeline. When you're dealing with pharmaceuticals, you want to know what drugs are, are being developed. Okay? Uh, a couple of months ago, it was in a, it was, went, 
It made a pact with Sonoma Biotherapeutics, Inc. to develop and commercialize Treg cell therapies for autoimmune diseases. So that's the kind of thing you want to look at. Find out what it's, does it have partnerships with other, you know, developing drug companies that have good potential? Because you're looking at the future. And for drug companies, the future is always what's in their pipeline. What's coming out? Are they have any drugs in phase three trials? And do we have anything on the results of those phase, phase three trials? Because phase one and phase two, not, you, know, you know how many drugs fail at phase three? Most, by far, huge percentage fail. Okay, and phase three, the FDA doesn't approve, approve them. So you want to really look at that. Okay, look at that. The company's very strong, but sales are pretty erratic, and that makes me a bit nervous. What You asked for a good buy point. I think a good buy point is around 600 bucks. It's 750 now. Okay? It topped 800 and it's been coming down. So let it come down. Well, Justin Klein and I have been telling you for a while about uh, uh, the market conditions and how they are very, very uh, uh, cyclical in nature and that you have to just understand where you are in the various economic and stock market cycles and what drives or what's currently driving the cycle up or down. And, you know, we've been, we tell you on the show, we're not shy about telling you, we've been telling you interest rates and, and inflation now is driving the cycle. So we think that the economy will start to slow down and that means that the interest, rising interest rate cycle will change. When will it change? How much it will change? So all that is, you know, up to speculation. But experience tells us when we think it might happen. So if you're not doing this, you need somebody on your side that's doing it for you to help you. And I'm hoping you will pick KPP Financial in that case. We're located in California. We're in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County, which is between L.A. and San Diego counties. Orange County is sandwiched in between them. And we're in South Orange County, more closer to the San Diego County border. And let me remind you that here on Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we always operate with a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. When we say shared success, we're talking about what we call parallel investing, in which we buy the same things for ourselves as we do for our clients. And when we say independent thinking, we just buy data and we make up our own minds about what stocks that data might filter out for us. Okay? So we want to help you. We would love to take a look at your portfolio and give you our assessment of it. And we would love to discuss with you just in a, just for a short bit about what risks that you want to take and compare that with a risk of your portfolio. So you understand where you are and what risks that you really are taking as opposed to I have no idea. Because you need to have an idea. When you're young, it's okay to take a lot of risks. When you're old, it's not. And we're all getting older. I'm not excluding myself. I am not. So let us help you. We want to help you. And the sooner you contact us, the sooner we can help you with your portfolio and optimize it for you. Okay? So please call us. We want to. Okay, Stanley Druckenmiller. I'm sure you've heard of him. If you've been around a while, you've heard of him. He has been a big, uh, successful hedge fund. I think his claim to fame is, I don't 
he doesn't have what he hasn't had a year where market where his fund has not made money or something like that for years. Now, some years he doesn't make very much when everybody else is making a lot. But that's a whole other issue. But that's his claim to fame. He warns of, of more shoes to drop. Okay, and he's talking about, he mentioned Silicon Valley Bank. Okay, he says that is the tip of the iceberg and predicts a hard landing in the economy. Now, I know you've heard of hard landing, a soft landing versus hard landing. The Fed wants a soft landing, meaning he wants it to slow the economy down but not crash it. He says it's a hard landing coming. That's what he thinks. Notice I give you different opinions on a day-to-day basis of different, quote-unquote, smart people. You know what they think? I like to do that so we all can make up our own mind. So he's predicting a hard landing, and guess what he says is going to be the catalyst? Yeah, commercial real estate. He also says tightening money, banks' capital shrinkage. So it's going to dry up. The capital at banks is going to dry up. Why? Because commercial real estate, and they can't make loans. And he predicts we're going to have a recession this year. That means, okay, just so you know, that means the quarter that is going to get, we're going to get the GDP numbers from the quarter we just, we're going to be finishing here, the June quarter, right? Okay, uh, so he's got, we're going to get negative GDP there, and then for the next one, a negative, or it's going to be the next one in the final court, two negative. Remember, G, a recession is two quarters in a row of shrinkage of GDP. So it's, we got th- three quarters here that two of the three have to be shrinkage for him to be right that we're having a 2023 recession. We'll see. We are going to see. So let's keep things moving. The next question came in from an Invest Talk listener in Minnesota, 888-99-CHART. Good day, Stephen Justin. Uh, long-time listener here from Minnesota. Love your show. Thank you for all the knowledge you guys share with us. I have a question here on a fund, I believe. Uh, the ticker symbol is VBR. I hear you guys talking a lot about um, how small-cap funds are getting ready possibly for a takeoff here in the future, and value funds, of course. I believe this fund here is a combination of the two, and I was wondering if um, you feel the dividend is significant and the holdings are good, and this would be something for a good um, long-term investment of five to ten years or so, as long as this sector could be moving in an upward uh, projection and everything. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Please take a look at it, and... I'll be willing to listen and hear it all on the show. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, this is the Vanguard Small Cap Value, and it meets both those criteria. It's an exchange-rated fund seeking performance corresponding to the CRSP Small Cap Value Index. So it's small and value stocks, which is the two areas we like the best right now. Um, I won't say the best, because I still think we like commodities better at this point. But it is in the areas that we like, and we and I think I think value stocks are going to outperform growth, and I think small 
is it's actually I just think it's our turn. There's a lot of value in the small cap area right now. It pays 2.1 percent dividend, so I do think it's something that could be fit in your portfolio. I don't know about 10 years, but I like it over the next five years. I think uh, you'll do well in this fund for that period of time. Because, you know, again, we always, um, at the, for a number of weeks we've been talking at the, we mentioned at the top of the show about cycles. Well, this is, the cycles are true when it comes to sectors in the market. And the small cap value sector, I think, is ripe for some bark, better than market returns for the next few years. Better than market. I think your, your large cap tech is probably ripe for underperforming the next few years. That's what I think, because they're so, so overvalued right now. Now, remember, I'm talking about the large cap tech, the big guys who are driving the markets. Only like 10 stocks are really driving the market up this year. 10. You, they're all well-known tech stocks. Big guys, huge guys. Apple, Google, you know, Microsoft. These guys drive in the market, and they're taking all the indexes with them. And and you you know the what was it last week? I said ninety four of the Nasdaq one hundred stocks are down for the year, and six are crazily up, dragging the whole market up, the index up for the year. That's crazy. It's just crazy. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, in case you forgot. We have one goal here, to help you achieve financial freedom. And, of course, the will, uh, we will continue this work that we really do enjoy right after this break. So get your questions in now if you can, 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hello, uh, this is Tori from Bozeman, Montana. I'm calling to ask about a refinance that I'm currently in the middle of. So I'm refinancing a rental property that I own. And I was wondering, because I do have a good bit of equity in that property, and I haven't quite been maximizing my, my Roth contribution every year. So would it be smart to take some of that equity out of my house and actually just put it into my Roth IRA where I feel like it can make better returns and possibly beat what my home might be able to bring in terms of equity in the future. Uh, look forward to hearing your answer. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, when you refinance, it's a good question. When you refinance, how much does that cost? What is the cost of the loan when you refinance? Because it always boils down, everybody, to the best use of your money. What is the best use? And he's saying, well, maybe I have a better use of my money out of the real estate and into my Roth, okay? Because the Roth gets to grow, uh, gets to grow um, 
uh, tax-free, uh, but my house, when I sell it, I'm going to have to pay capital gains on the gain of that house, even though I'm earn- but then again, I'm earning rent every month, and how much is that? So how do you make that decision? Uh, for me, it would be, if I take money out of my house, am I, am I cash positive on a monthly basis with the rental property? Because I don't like to be cash negative and then maybe be forced to sell the property down the road because I got to keep putting money into it. And I'm now stuck selling at the very worst time to sell real estate. But if you have cash flow positive, that means you're making money all the time. You put the, you can put a bunch of that aside and put the keep up, keep on the house and pay the taxes and whatever else you need to pay. And you're never forced to sell the property. So, I would suggest I like maxing out your Roth a lot. So maybe do that math. Is it because if you do invest in Roth, you can say you're if you buy an index fund, the chances of a nine percent return per year are high if you have enough years to let it run, 10, 15, 20 years. If you're close to retirement, you only have a couple, three years, then maybe it's not so smart to put money in the Roth and take it out of the rental property. See, it's not that easy of a question. It's not you just go, okay, this is the answer. I wish it was. I still, we need, we need a lot of, we got to do some math. And it's not hard math, but we got to do the math. So it could be a good thing. I do like maxing out your Roth. And taking out of your property may not be a bad place to do it, especially if the property is not gaining in value. Is it in the area? You're in Bozeman, Montana. Montana values have been going up, if that's where your property is. By the way, I'm going fishing there for a week next next year, somewhere in Montana. I'm looking forward to it a lot. Beautiful country out there. Okay, um, let's see. One more thing I want to talk about. Um, batteries for electric vehicles. Do you know who produces all the batteries in the world for electric vehicles? 80% of them come out of China. Did you know that? So we are relying on China to supply our electric vehicle batteries. Does that make sense to anybody out there? You know who's building a big... Uh, Lithium mining facility, because we're talking about lithium batteries for the cars. Elon Musk is. He has a factory being built, I think it's in Texas, and by 2025 will be the largest lithium refiner in the United States. We, I think lithium for the short few years and for the foreseeable future right now is where it, the, you might want to put some of your money. Just just point it out. I do think batteries are the future, car batteries, and of course I want solid state batteries because they are much more efficient and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, it's hard to find somebody who's building solid state batteries, even though I know of two companies off the top of my head. But they're in the development stage too. They're not actually producing batteries yet. Hmm. I'm Steve Pease, and this completes another Investor program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And we do encourage you to tell your friends and family members. We've been encouraged that for some time. So please, it's all free. Everything's free. Download podcast is free. And you get it at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you do it at iTunes, please rate us. We would love that. We are at 53 million downloads, and we do really appreciate that. 
Independent thinking, shared success. This is Invest Talk, everybody. Have a great night. Invest Talk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.